encouraging. I told you in the uh, last week briefly, and uh, I, uh, we, we, what we did was uh, it's related to the message today. Uh, we, we last year when I was in uh, Japan to record our gospel program for Japan, we had a breakthrough. Uh, uh, that the Lord opened the door for us to put the gospel on FM radio in Japan, which is a wonderful, wonderful milestone, you know, because uh, Japanese listen to FM radio. All the earthquake warnings and all that come through the FM radio. It, it's stable, it is, it is uh, consistent, you know, despite any quakes, right? So last year there was this breakthrough and, and we worked with Transport Radio to put the program out uh, uh, in in uh, Kumamoto, that was struck by earthquake. And then thereafter, uh, it went on to other cities and we're targeting 11 cities across Japan. So it was a really, really um, awesome work uh, last year uh, to be able to bring the gospel to the Japanese. And, and people, I really feel like, like this is our for Japan. I'm sharing this because in the last few years, more than I ever did in my life, I meet people from brethren, fellow ministers from around the world, ministries and ministers from around the world that, that caught God's heart and urgency for Japan just over the last two, three years. I meet such people in the United States and, and uh, uh, in Australia, uh, in Singapore. This year, love Singapore's burden and it's Japan, by the way, this year. All right. Uh, uh, and, and, and most of all, China. Among our Chinese pastors, our, our co-laborers, uh, a number of them are, are catching such an urgency and passion and compassion for the Japanese and you know it is gotta be, it's got to be God. You know, for the, you know, for, you know, in the light of what happened in history, you know, in Second World War, and, and they cry for Japan, they intercede for Japan. And so last year, we too, we were called to Japan, and the gospel uh, program went out and on the air. And through the work there, I came to know many, many Japanese ministries and pastors. And then we, we made the observation that many are really discouraged. Many are really discouraged. They've been in the ministry for many, many years and, and they don't see very much fruit and, and they're tired, you know, and, and um, Brother Samuel and I, you know, we talked about this and he has this idea on his heart. He said, can we love on them? Can, can, we, can we seek them out? Uh, and, and, and maybe 30 of them, maybe 15 couples, you know, we identify the tired ones and we fly them out you know, to, to minister to them outside Japan. There's just something about getting them out of the environment that they struggle in. And so the idea came together that we, we should do this for in China because, you know, in China, we want to introduce them to the, to the movement there, what the mighty things God is doing there. We want them to interact with the brethren there to get, a, get an update on what, what God has been doing in, 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 in China. And then we, we will love on them. We will feed them the Peking ducks and the, and the Sui Tzu Yu and the Huo Kuar, <laughs> the steamboat and all that. We, we will preach the gospel to them. They wanted the gospel, the rediscover the gospel, uh, which is our G program here, Gospel Academy, uh, and, and so we will do that to them. We will also bring them through inner healing teaching, personal ministry. We will pray for them for healing, physical and inner healing. And so we had all these plans since last year, actually. So, so it took place last two weeks. I uh, was in, in Beijing. We gathered them and we just love on them. And I just want to show you a little bit of photo and picture and, and uh, we just really had a, such a fruitful time. I wanna, can you play the clip of them uh, praise and worship? See if you recognize this tune. Yeah.
coming. Dozo, dozo. Did you hear the words? You recognize that? Actually, in Chinese, we say They say Hey, we can speak Japanese too. You know, and, and uh, so these are the, the ones, you know, 30 over of them came, about 30, yeah, 30 over of these pastoral people, 15 couples and some of the younger ministers or so, we identified some and uh, we had such a wonderful time. Uh, so we, we, as I said, you know, the, the main thing we did with them was Gospel Academy, rediscover the gospel and, and they, they, they resonated so powerfully and, you know, every, in every session. By the first session, already people started getting, started to, to, to get healed without hands laying on them. You know, uh, uh, there was some really significant healing among this group. There was one lady, uh, the, the wife of a, a pastor from Kumamoto uh, where the earthquake took place two years back. Or she actually had a car accident in, just in April and she couldn't walk and she had extreme pain in the lower back uh, she said that uh, um, a bus backed on her car, bam! And after that, she was she was in agony, you know. Since April, so before, so uh, this on actually for this trip, she didn't want to come. She was in such pain that she didn't want to come, but she she felt like sayang, you know, like oh, you know. So she she made herself come, and by the first session, just. Just listening to the introduction where we introduced about the gospel, the power and the effect of the gospel, I play some healing uh, clips from around the world to show them uh, the reality of, of the manifestation of the gospel. And she got healed, completely healed. You know? and, and, and then uh, quite a number of them, just all kinds of uh, issues on them uh, uh, disappeared from their body just from listening to the gospel. So uh, these are the ones, and uh, not all are here in... Uh, this was just a spontaneous gathering by the... This is in Beijing, Shishahai. Uh, it's a lake. And uh, the, those who were around us just came together and took a picture. Uh, this, uh, yeah. uh, th- 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 that's my, my interpreter. Wonderful interpreter. Best in Japan. <laughs> and uh, I want to show you... This is uh, when uh, at the last day we took them to the, to the wall, to the Great Wall. All right, to the Great Wall. And this is them uh, <laughs> during the meal time, uh, doing the yam sing to me because they just found out over the dinner that it was my birthday that very same day. Actually, I didn't tell them. Someone saw it on the Facebook <gasps> and told them. So, so they, they, they did the, the Japanese did the yam sing for me. Yeah, that's, that's me there. <laughs> yeah, so we, we had a wonderful time and then... Um, they, they got refreshed, they got encouraged, they, they, many received healing, inner healing, many received uh, a physical healing, rediscovered the gospel, touched by the Spirit of God. On the last day, we sat in a circle and let them share uh, what God did in their life. And I tell you, almost everyone was in tears. You know, just, just, we feel so loved by you, so loved by you, so loved by you, the, the grace of God, you know, uh, we just experienced the grace of God. It was just really, really moving the last day and, and, uh, and we just want to give the glory to God. But I was reflecting upon this, I, I, you know, I feel so blessed, I feel so blessed to preach the gospel. You know, I really want to share this from my heart. Every time I preach uh, about the gospel, you know, gospel academy, rediscover the gospel, living the gospel. You know, in my, my life has been carrying this theme of the gospel. Every time I do, you know, I've done this in 20 over countries in 20 over years. 
over 20, you know, I've cal calculated maybe 40 cities, you know. Uh, I, 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 I never got tired of it. And every time I preach the gospel, I'm reminded all over again, God's stupendous love for us. What Jesus did to redeem us, I, I fall in love all over again. Every time we recall the gospel, we, remind, we are reminded all over again of the wondrous love of God. And then when, after, when I preach to them, they cry, I cry, I go back to the room, I recall the goodness of God over all these years, you know, uh, since coming to know Him. And then I recall the bondage that I was in before I came to Christ, the darkness, the depression, the sickness, the infirmities, the, uh, those, those awful, awful times. And, and look, and recalling what God has done over the years. I cannot help, I cannot help but be all, all over again, all over again. And it is like really like what the Bible says, the old things have passed away. Behold, look, behold means look, all things have become new. God wants you to look and, and realize, do you know that in Him, all things have become new. All things have become new. And, and I was just, just brewing on this experience, this latest experience of doing the gospel course, you know, that this thing came on my heart. I told God, Lord, I, I never, ever want to lose the wonder of the gospel. I never, ever want to come to the place of getting used to the blessing, you know? And, and I feel like I want to remind us this today. Never, ever get used to the goodness of God towards you. You know, many a times we can actually come to church and then we forgot, you know. Everything has become a routine, a habit, you know. And, and then we lose the wonder of it. We stop being awed by God's love, you know. And, and it is the gospel that reminds us the, the, of the sheer goodness, the extreme goodness of God to, towards His creation and especially to His prized creation, human beings, His sons and His daughters. And today, I want you to, to recall too what God has done in your life. Before you were born again, what kind of a hideous person you were. <laughs> Maybe some of us, no, I, I wasn't so hideous. You know, yeah, I was quite good actually. I tell you, all of us were heading for hell. All of us heading for eternal damnation. Amen. And God intervened. He wooed us. Do you know that? I want to show you from the Bible today how He wooed us to Himself. He did everything that was necessary to get us back to belong to Him again. He paid the price. He did all the forgiving. He, 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 he came after, after His rebel. You know, He's the king. We are the rebels that mutinied against Him. And yet the king came pleading with His rebel to return to the kingdom. The father came after the, His wayward children to plead with His wayward children to come home to Him. I tell you, the love of God the love of God. You can never get used to it. And don't you ever get used to it. Amen. Amen. Truly, when we come to Him, all things have passed away. All things have become, have become new. And today, I want to share a message with you, you know, a reminder to me, a reminder to all of us about the ministry of reconciliation. That all that, all that God has done to reconcile us with Him must, must, become a ministry in our life that He says, now I, I ask of you, would you carry this? You know, I reconciled you. Would you help me get others reconciled with me? And this is what He has entrusted with us with. The Bible says He committed this 
message of reconciliation to us, committed it to us. Are you committed to this cause? Or I want to remind us there is a call on our life. Let us begin with this scripture in 2nd, 2nd Corinthians. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, a new creation. All things have passed away. And look, new things have come. Everything is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now let us, let us read on first. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and He has committed the message of reconciliation to us. You can see that everything has been done by Him. He paid the price. He wooed His, his, his people. He come after us. He came after us. He pursued us. And He brought us home. He, he did everything necessary. And so I want to begin with this word, everything. Everything. What is everything referring to here? Everything that was necessary to make us His. Everything that has to be done in order to bring us deliverance, to bring us salvation, to bring us restoration. Everything necessary for us to be able to be delivered from our bondage and to be able to see His light. Everything was accomplished by God. It says there, we did nothing, we contributed nothing. Everything was, was accomplished by Him, paid for by Him. Amen. And He did everything such that, so that we can see light, we can feel His love, and we can be drawn to Him, and we can be reconciled to Him through the sacrifice of His Son even. And now, now, for all of us who, who, who enjoy all these glorious benefits of being reconciled with God, now we have been given this responsibility. It is a responsibility. It is also a privilege. The responsibility and the privilege of merely telling others about it. He did it all. And our part is to tell others about it. So that they too, that those who hear us may be reconciled with God freely. So this is the one task this is the urgent task that God has given us that we can only carry out while we are here on earth and not in heaven. I want us to think about this, consider this. Actually, everything else in life, we can do it in heaven. In fact, we can do it much better in heaven. In heaven, we can, we can have truer fellowship one with another in the atmosphere of sinlessness. In heaven, we can live holier lives. In heaven, we can act, right, act righteous, act righteous much easier than here. In heaven, we can do so many things and we can do so many things better. In heaven, we can, we can praise Him unreservedly, unimpeded. In heaven, we can offer Him unimpeded worship. We can do many things better in heaven. But you know what? The one thing we can't do over there? 
It's the ministry of reconciliation. The task of being able to tell someone, do you know God loves you? Do you know you can be reconciled with Him? Do you know He, he paid the whole price for you to be able to come back to Him freely? This we can't do in heaven. And you know what? That's the only reason and the ultimate reason why we're still here on earth. The reason for our existence here. Because some things need to be done here that we cannot do over there. And that is a reason for our existence here right now on earth. And you understand what I'm saying? Why we are building church, why we are operating ministries, why why we're gathering to, be, to hear the word, to be equipped, to be empowered. Why are we doing all of this? Because of the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible tells us, well, through Apostle Paul, God says, it's better to be home. It's actually better to go back to heaven. Right? Paul says that for me, Paul says for me, to live is Christ, but to die is actually gain. It's a better deal, he says. He says it's better, but I have to live on in, this, in the flesh. And this means fruitful work. Everybody say fruitful work. So Paul says, it's better for me to go, but to live on here in the flesh, it is fruitful work. He said, I, I'm torn between here. I have the desire to depart. He said, to be with Christ. And he said, which is far better. Then he said, but, but to remain here now is necessary for you. So what is he talking about? It's actually better to be back there. But we're still here because there is a fruitful work there is a, a, a benefit to people, to others. He's referring to the ministry of reconciliation. There are things that God wants to do, wants to accomplish through us here on earth that we can never do so in heaven. You know what I'm saying? So that's the reason for our existence here. That's the reason why we're still here. So I want to remind us, recently I just put up a posting on my Facebook page that... that if God's goal of saving us is merely to bring us back to heaven, then all He needs, all He needs are just evangelists and assassins. Preach a message, get you saved, lob a grenade, send you home. That's all. If, if all the purposes of God in saving us is merely to just bring us home, then, then, then we get people saved and we send them back immediately. But no, no, no. God wants us to be here because there's work to be done. So, <laughs> you know, and there's an urgent task. It's the only task, it's an urgent task that we can do here that we cannot do there. What is this task about? The Bible clearly tells us that, fo that, that fallen humanity needs redemption. Do you all agree? Fallen humanity needs redemption, needs reconciliation with God. Bible reveals to us that all people are born sinners with a sinful nature that drives them to, to do sinful acts. And this sin is, is devastating. This sin alienates men from God. It means it, it cuts men off from the presence of God. Sin is devastating. Sin prevents a sinner from being able to come into the presence of God, into a presence of a perfectly holy God to have fellowship with Him. And yet that's the purpose for which God God made man to be able to come into His presence and fellowship with Him, to love to, and to be loved. But yet that's made impossible because of the fall of man. That broke the relationship between God and man. And so since the fall, what has happened since the fall in the Garden of Eden? 
all mankind's ever since has been infected with a really serious virus called the SIN virus. We all have been trapped in sin. And you know what? Like HIV that kills, SIN also kills. It kills everyone that has been infected by it. But worse than HIV, SIN kills even more. While HIV kills you in the flesh, the SIN can kill you in the flesh and in your spirit. While HIV kills you in the now, SIN kills you for all eternity. And that's a horrible consequence of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. But, but I've got good news for you. Hey, I'm the bearer of good news. That's why I preach the gospel, right? The good news is, while HIV does not have a cure, SIN, even though it's far more devastating, it has a cure. And it's the blood of Jesus. And that's the essence of our good news, that God has made it possible for all sinners to be healed, to be saved, to be restored, and to be able to reconcile with Him, to go back to Him again. That's the good news. Amen? That's the good news. Now, can you imagine, can you imagine what would it be like if, if someone... If someone has the cure for HIV and it's a 100% cure with 100% certainty, 100% efficacy, someone has the cure for HIV and he doesn't want to share it with the world and he doesn't want to shout it from the, from the, from the rooftop. He doesn't want, to, want, want to, to share it with any person in the world. Can you imagine that? How horrible that would be? How immoral that would be? You know where I'm going with this, right? Well, Christians hold the cure for SIN. And many wouldn't even peep a word about it. Now let them sing into your heart and my heart. You know, as I, as I brew on, on the ministry of reconciliation again, you know, I, I feel like I feel a whole new urgency in my heart. You know, many years ago, I've committed my life to wanting to preach the gospel because gospel touched me, changed me, healed me. It blessed me. It became the basis for my relationship with God, to build a relationship with Him. I've committed myself to preach the gospel for the rest of my life. But you know what? Every time I preach it and I consider the implication of it, I feel a whole new sense of urgency, a whole new motivation that i got to do more about this. There's more that I can do to get it out more effectively, to get it out more effectively. Do, I do, and God is my witness. You know, that's why I, 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 I want to build a website. I want to collect my resources. I want to leverage on it to get it out further. You know, because I feel like there's such an urgency to, to tell it to the world. And I hope today through this message, you catch a greater urgency about the need to share this message that God has committed it to you. We saw the scripture just now. God has committed to you. He has given you this ministry and is committed to you. This message, and he said, please tell it. I did it all. And your part is to tell it. To tell it. To relay it to the world who has yet to hear the gospel. And that is what I want to talk about today. What are we doing about the gospel? The gospel 
is good news. The good news that God has made it possible for sinners to be cured and to be reconciled to Him. That man can be made healed and whole again and be restored back into his embrace, back into his presence. That became impossible after the fall in the garden. And this is the gloriously good news that God has entrusted us, His children, to communicate to the rest of the world who have yet to, to know it. Many have, have yet to hear it. I remember there's a story in, in China years ago, and this is a true story, uh, where, where, where the missionaries share about how they went to this remote part of China and, and they want to share the gospel. And, and first of all, they go to the, to the village square and they ask people, you know, sorry, I need to say it in Chinese. You know, is, is there Christianity here? You know what the person replied? Oh, yo, yo, here is the yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she heard it as, oh, no, no, the cock crows here too. Yeah, uh, it, sorry, jitu jiao can also mean chicken also crows here, you know. That was how ignorant they were, you know. <laughs> you know, and there are so that was how ignorant they, they, they were. Of the, they've never heard about Christianity. And <laughs> There are many who have yet to hear the gospel. There are still many today around the world who have yet to hear the gospel. Strange, in the, in the generation of the information era, in the information age, there are still so many who haven't got this information in the information age. And so today's sharing is, is, is a fresh call and a fresh, a fresh clarion call and a cry from the heart of God to tell, the, to tell it to the world to preach the gospel. All of us have this role. All of us. No matter what profession you are in, whether you're a housewife, wh- anyway, you're never married to the wife. Why are you called a housewife? You know, you're married to Christ. You know, you know whether you're a homemaker or you're a, you're a chakwetiao man or you're a hawker, you're a driver, you're a lawyer, you're a banker. All of us have a higher call than that. And that is ambassadors of Christ. And we are to share the gospel of the kingdom to everyone that God has caused, God has caused to cross path with us. Amen. This is the good news. And God has called us to preach this message. God has asked us to, to train every patron, every person in this house to preach the gospel effectively to the world. This is the mission of the church of Jesus Christ. This is certainly the mission of Petra Church. And I have, as I said, I've committed to, to want to preach this gospel to the very last breath in my life should Jesus tarry in His return. I have. 30 over years ago, I've committed myself to preach a gospel. With my last breath, if I have to, I will preach a gospel. And this afternoon, I want to invite you to join me in this grand venture, in this privileged mandate that God has given us to preach the gospel. I preach this gospel, in, as I said, in more than 20 countries in over 20 years now. And, but what, what brought me dismay was that in all that experiences of preaching the gospel in the nation, I realized something. I found out something. I found out that actually there are many Christians and many including preachers whom themselves have yet to discover the gospel. We don't even talk about rediscover. They haven't even discovered it in the first place. Really, really. Like even with this recent experience in Beijing, 
the Japanese pastor, many have been preaching for decades, decades. One preacher among them, a, a very seasoned missionary who could speak Japanese, his native language, Mandarin, because he served in China for more than a decade. Uh, 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 he can speak Hokkien because he, was, he also served in Taiwan. He can speak Cantonese because he served in Hong Kong before. He's, he, he's a polyglot. He's a linguist. You know. And he, he was in tears and he said this. He said, I have been born again for 46 years and this is the most joyful eight days in the 46 years to rediscover the gospel. So people... I want to remind us, we who have been given much is what? Much is required of us. We who do the Gospel Academy, a Gospel Encounter, rediscovering the Gospel, living the Gospel, you know, you know what? Now, we have the responsibility to preach it to the world, to relay to the rest of the world. Do you all agree? Do you all agree? I tell you, you'll be surprised. Actually, many do not know the Gospel, you know. Really, really. I, I've done this course in, in the highest theological institutes. And, and, and the person leading that came up to me in, with tears and said, I feel like I've just been born again. That's the reaction. And, and so I, I want us to, to realize how blessed we are to, to hear the gospel and that me. God really is counting on you to tell it in the highways, in the byways, in the neighborhood, in the marketplace. You know, God does, does earnestly want to see you do something about it. Relay it. Relay it. Relay it. 500 years after the Reformation and the church is still grappling with the gospel message. What is a gospel message? And this explains the powerlessness as a whole, as a whole, the powerlessness of the church today in evangelizing the world. I've said it before. I mean, the world population now, 7.5 billion. How many have been born again? Slightly over 2 billion profess Christian. And you know many who profess they are not born again. It discounts everybody who, who's from Christian country. You know, and they fill in their, 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 their form as Christian. You know. And you know they're not. And so we failed. You know. And my eyes suggest to us the root of the issue is we do not know the gospel. Because Jesus said when you preach the gospel, I will confirm it with signs and with wonders. And the world will come to know who am I. We need to preach the gospel. And this afternoon, I, I want to do a quick refresher of the gospel. We, we can get so familiar with it that we lose the wonder of it and we stop being awed by it. So I want to quickly take a look at this scripture again. Just now, we just saw this scripture. Everything is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself. I want you to see that He did everything. Look at that. He's the one doing all the reconciling. He's the one that, 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 that is delegating the time. The, the message to us to go. He's the one who sent Christ to sacrifice Jesus so that He can reconcile the world to Himself. 
We contributed nothing. And He's the one that did all the forgiving, not counting man's trespasses against Him. He's the one who did it all. And so you can see in, 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 in the Scripture, reconciliation, 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 reconciliation. Five times the Scripture talks about reconciliation. That through Christ, God has done everything needed to reconcile the world to Himself. And He was so committed to this mission that He even took the extreme measure of sacrificing His own Son to bring about the reconciliation. And then now, the Scripture clearly states that He has entrusted now he has entrusted us with the simple task of just telling the world about it. And this message is about, well, what is repeated most is about reconciliation. The message is about reconciliation. Five times it, it talks about reconciliation. What is reconciliation, friends? Recon reconciliation is about the healing of, of a broken relationship and the coming together of two parties who are meant who are meant to be together in love that's reconciliation and we are to communicate that the enmity between fallen wicked man and the perfectly holy and righteous god can now end the enmity can now end permanently removed and the sinners can now come to be reconciled with god that's our message I want to remind us that's our message. It's not complicated, but it has deep ramifications. It has a lot, a lot of effects you know, when we talk about it. Whenever we share the gospel, He moves to prove it. And you must experience it for yourself. You know, I really want to stand here to testify. So many years I've done this, in so many places I've done this, in different kinds of culture and all that. You know, I, every time, Every time, and I repeat, every time we preach a gospel, the power of God manifests. Every time. And the latest time was just days ago in, in, in Beijing among Japanese ministers. I said, well, you have heard the gospel now. Now I want you to know God is at work. And I want to tell you He's healing, He's delivering right now. Check your body. I'm so confident, you know, because I've seen it over and over and over and over again. Every time I preach the gospel, we ask people to focus their attention on Him, focus on His love. Now, experience for yourself what is the effect like. And people get healed, saved, delivered, restored. Glorious things. And, and, and many times when I do this, I come home thinking, why, why don't more Christians do this? What is it that holds Christians back from something really so simple? God says He has done it all and if we were to relate, He said He will move with the power of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction, right? In the first, uh, first Corinthians, it says that you know, whenever the gospel is preached, it doesn't come with just human words of wisdom, but it comes with, with the power of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction to man's heart. He moves to prove the message every time you share the gospel. So I, today, I want to share this passionately with you all over again. You should be doing this, not just me. All of us, every one of us have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. Not just the full-time pastor, not just the evangelist, not just some clergy, professional clergy. Every one of us. And so my job today is to remind you, you are the royal priesthood. You are the ministers of the gospel. Would you agree? Say, I am a minister of the gospel. Come on, say it. I am a minister of the gospel. 
Really, many times when, when I do this, I say, this is too easy. Really, it's too easy. But why? Then I get puzzled. Like, why are not more Christians doing this? Tomorrow, or not tomorrow, tomorrow is Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Monday, when you go back to the office, try it. You see your colleague unwell, say, can I pray for you? I, I, I won't pray for you. God's going to touch you. Many a times I say that like, 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 like I know it and like, like I believe it and, I, and I'm learning to believe it. But I can tell you this many times when I preach the gospel from Russia to Vietnam, from, from, from Nepal to Philippines, you know, different parts of the world. Uh, many times when I preach the gospel, I don't feel anything. Really, I don't uh, oh, I feel like there's a, something rushing through my body. Power, like the force is with me. You know, I don't. I still remember the first time when I, you know, I, and I wrote it in my book, uh, Rediscover the Gospel, you know, The Good God. I, I wrote it there. The, the first time I took this message out was 96, actually. I went through a time of, of, of dealing with the Lord and rediscovering the Gospel. And the first time I, I took it out, so to say, it was Russia. And I shared in the book about how it's the first time too I saw healing signs and wonders and miracles. And I did not have feeling. I just said, by faith. Well, you've heard the gospel now. Now God wants to heal you. And my heart was, boom, 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 boom. he better be doing some healing or the Russians are going to kill you. You know, Niet, we kill you. You know, I feel nothing. You know, but it happens. And then, and that was 1996. It's been 20 over years, you know. And I'm still doing this and I'm still doing this and I enjoy doing this. And I, and I want to invite people, come do it. Let's do it. I'm so, so excited for the youths that are going to, to Vietnam. Oh, you're going to see the power, man, whenever you preach the gospel. I want you to be, to be shamelessly bold with the gospel. After you preach it, come, all you who are sick. You know, God wants to heal you now. <laughs> Do it. And after one time, two times, three times, four times, you're like, wow, this is too easy, man. What, is, what has stopped me all these years from preaching the gospel, sharing it with my colleagues, you know, uh, uh, with my neighbors? And so I want us to, to be to be refreshed in our vision again, a vision of the gospel, that we have a specific ministry God has given us with or task to communicate a very specific message, and that is the gospel. The gospel, the Bible says, is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. The gospel that can bring about reconciliation between God and His lost children all over the world. We, every one of us carry that, that task. Everyone receive their mandate. Are you a child of God? Well, you receive the mandate just as much as I, I have. We just do it differently. We may be in different profession, but hey, as I said before, your profession is God's packaging of you. You can be a driver, you can be a clerk, you can be a teacher, you can be a banker. You, you know what? That's God's packaging of you because He wants to reach the people in your environment. But our highest call in life, ambassador of Christ. And we have to preach the gospel in every industry, every strata of society, everywhere we live. God was so committed to this cause that He gave His Son to accomplish it. And now, He who has committed to that extreme, He committed this message of reconciliation to us to relay to the world. So now my question is, are you committed? God has been very committed. And then the Bible says, He has committed the message of reconciliation to us. 
the ministry of reconciliation He gave us and He has committed the message of reconciliation to us. He's committed. Are you committed? Help me, help me preach, okay? Help me preach. Ask the one next to you, hey, 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 oi, oi, are you committed? <laughs> God has been so committed to you, you know. Are you committed? I tell you, commitment is a problem in the house of God today. Really, you know, really is a problem, commitment. He did it all, including the extreme measures, the necessary task. And our part is simply to tell it. And Jesus said, every time you tell it, power will be present. Do you believe? Do you believe? I stand here to testify to you. After having seen this message gone around the world, 20 over countries, 40 over cities around the world, I stand here to testify to you. God will always confirm the word of His servant. He will, all, all, he will always perform the purpose of His messenger. It, that's a scripture from the book of Isaiah. He is so faithful. And when He does do all those things, I, I want to tell you this too. He's not doing that to confirm you. To say, I say you are the anointed man of power for the hour. No, no, no. Whenever God moves as you preach a message, it's, it's that He's confirming His word. Not you. He, he's performing the purposes of His messenger. Not you, not about you, not about me. Not about you, not about me. In the beginning, I struggled, you know. Fear. Usually a lot of us are fearful when we first want, wanted to, to, to just step out in faith and demonstrate, by, by the way, the gospel is a message that cannot be sermonized about. It has to be demonstrated. Because Jesus always say, preach that the gospel of the kingdom is here. Then, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. There is a then. Singaporeans say, Abba then. <laughs> but, uh, Jesus say, you know, this message cannot be only sermonized about, you know, it's not an oratorical venture. No, you have to demonstrate it because it always comes with demonstration. Alright, so, so what do we do after today? You share it, then you put action to it. And I tell you what, what hinders fear of man. I've been through that. You know, what, what if I pray? What, what if I pray and then people don't get healed and then they will be stumbled and then I'm the one that stumbled them and all. Don't worry. Sayang, don't worry. God knows how to protect His own name. Really, I want to say this. Because I went through it all too. What, 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 why? I say so confidently, but what if I pray, nobody gets healed, you know? Then, then, then God say, then, then, then you're mindful of your own face. Or you're not mindful of my word. Yeah. And if you were to feel bad that people don't get healed, then you'll feel good that people do. If you can take the shame of it for not working, then you will take the glory of it when it does work. Wow, then I realized at the end of the day, my struggle is with self-preservation, my face, my reputation, when I'm fearful to pray for people. And God says, your part is to pray, preach, demonstrate. It's my part to do what I want to do. So years ago, I've thrown caution to the wind. When I pray for people, I pray with the understanding that this is my job, I'm being faithful to it. Jesus will do all the healing. And the more I don't care about the consequence of it, the more he, he moves to glorify himself. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Really, you've you got to step out in faith. You know? And, and when, I, when, I, when I pray knowing that it is, he's wanting to move, being conscious that he's truly loved people. I tell you one thing about God, he truly loves people. 
truly loves people. And many times when we pray for people, you know what? He does things differently than what you thought should happen. Remember the clip I shared from Thailand? You know, the, the, the crippled lady? I saw all her fingers were warped, you know, and, and I prayed for her thinking the fingers must straighten up. It didn't. I was staring at it. How come? Huh? How come it didn't? Then when she started walking, she, her spine has been straightened. I mean, God chooses, you know, what He wants to heal first. Who am I? Who am I? And recently I communicated with her, you know. Uh, yeah. How are you? Oh, I am good. I am very good now. Pastor John. He say, she said, you know, now every night before I sleep, I listen to your speech, you know. I listen to your speech. <laughs> She's never been to church, you see. So she, she considered it a speech. She, she found some YouTube clip, you know. She said, every night, you know. Every night, I must listen to your speech and then go to sleep. I thought, wow, I'm so boring. <laughs> I'm really the true cure for insomnia, you know. I must listen to a speech and I go to sleep. Yeah. So I can't wait to, to visit her and see what is her, her condition now. You know, I tell you, it's so glorious. It's such a privilege, you know, to be entrusted by God to preach a gospel. Really, really, I can do this for free and I even get paid for it. <laughs> you don't get a better deal, you know. Bible says everything is from Him. Every Effort exerted, needed, is exerted by him. He sacrificed his son for it. He does all the reconciling of the world to himself. He did all the forgiving of men's trespasses against him. And then, and then he asks us, be willing, would you be willing to let me use you? Listen to this. He did all of this and he said, would you be willing to let me use you to appeal to the fallen world, to plead with them? To come home. Do you know that is his request? The scripture clearly reveals that God is the one who is in pursuit of men right from the beginning. Right from the beginning when, when, when Adam fell in the garden. Because he was the first one that ever asked a question in the Bible and get recorded in the book of Genesis. What was that question? Remember? Adam, where are you? He was the one who initiated the search for fallen men. And the whole Bible records his relentless pursuit of men. Now, I want, to you, I want you to catch afresh today God's desire to reconcile men to himself. He's the one on the relentless pursuit of men. Right from the beginning, God seeks to be reconciled with his lost children. So in Ezekiel 34, Oh, I got to read 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, what does it mean when the English says, we plead on Christ's behalf? It means Christ is pleading through us for the world to be reconciled with Him. Can you fathom that? Can you even grasp that? God is begging through us, please come home. I want you to be reconciled. So I want you to see clearly today, God is the one that is in pursuit of men. Ezekiel 34, 16, I will seek the lost, bring back the strays, bandage the injured, and strengthen the weak. 
this is God's words in the book of uh, uh, Ezekiel, chapter 34. He said, I will bring, I will seek the lost, I will bring back the strays, I will bandage the injured, I will strengthen the weak. Our Heavenly Father is by nature a merciful, compassionate, a loving God, and He seeks to be reconciled with His children. I want you to, to be aware afresh of His heart's cry. And I'm praying, I, my prayer for today is that you will catch the cry in a whole new way today. God's cry that can be heard inside your heart because He is inside of you. Amen. Our God is the saving God. It's a God in relentless pursuit of man. And He wants us to catch His heart. And, and, and never is his, that nature of Him more clearly manifest than the person of Jesus Christ. So Bible reveals to us that Christ is the very image of God. Amen. And so Jesus revealed Himself reveals God to us. In Luke 19, for example, I'll just quickly share this, just briefly. You know, it records uh, about Jesus passing through Jericho. And, and when he was passing through Jericho, he came upon a man, a short man, who had to climb the tree you know, to get a glimpse of him. Who, who is that? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus was hated by the Jews huh? because he was a chief tax collector. That means he's the for Paikia, you know, because in, in their culture, they hate the tax collector. He's a rich man himself, and, and they often extort the people uh, to enrich themselves. And they can abuse their position easily, and they often do. And that's why Zacchaeus was a hated man. But you know what? I'm making a very long story short here. To the surprise of all, Jesus seek him out, spotted him from among the crowd on the tree, you know, and chose to stay at his place that evening. And so what was the reaction you all, if you all have read the scripture? I mean, the people were like, oh, you can hear a rumble through the crowd. Like, like, like how can he, how can he go to the house of, of a sinner? How, how can he stay even in the house of a ugh, tax collector? And what did Jesus say? You know, what was his purpose? Jesus declared, today, salvation has come to this house he was wanting to bring salvation to, to Zacchaeus' household. Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man, let's read the last line together. For the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. So Jesus is the perfect personification of God. This is the character of God made manifest. The God who came to seek and to save that which was lost. You will read about this in many, many scriptures. In Luke 15, for example, the parable of the lost sheep, and we won't go there uh, yet. The, the shepherd represents God in the parable. And that, that's the shepherd that left his 99 sheep to go seek, uh, seek for the one who is lost. And when he found it, you know what he does? And this is a picture of God. Rejoicing over a child that comes home. This is a picture of God. It says in verse 5, Luke 15, when he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his friend and neighbors together saying to them, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. 
No wonder the Bible says that, you know, when even one sinner come home, all heaven, woo, all heaven rejoice. And that's the nature of our Father, revealed in Christ. Amen? And so the Scripture describes God as one who, one who, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I want to reintroduce to you your Heavenly Father, how much He wants how much he's won, he wants his children home. And by now, we, by now we clearly, clearly know that God is the saving God who has done everything to reconcile man to himself, right? And, and I want us to know this. Because of this, we don't, we don't ever have to plead with God to save sinners. However, we need to plead with sinners to be reconciled with God, to be willing to accept the salvation that God offers in Christ. That's our work. You understand now? We don't ever need to plead to God, please say, please say. He has done everything, everything to save man. Now our job is to actually plead with sinners. Would you accept, would you accept the salvation that God, God has offered you in Christ? And so this is our ministry of reconciliation. We go to sinners, we plead with them, be reconciled with God. And I want to end, end with this thought. This is what it's all about. Listen. Through us, the king wants to plead with rebels who mutinate against him to come back to, the, to his kingdom, offering full pardon, pleads with his rebels. In fact, Jesus came, the king came to die for the rebels. All, all, all sinners are rebels. We walked out on him, remember, in the garden. Through us, the father wants to plead with his wayward children to return to the family, to be reunited. That is what God is after. He said, would you let me use you to plead through you? I like the Chinese scripture in this. It says that, 神要借用我们. He wants to borrow us. The word is used in Chinese. Borrow us to be able to speak through us, to plead with the world to come home. Can you feel that cry of God? Wow. And are you willing to take up your ministry of reconciliation? It's a simple message today. And I'm done. And I want to remind us, this is our task. This is our task as ambassadors of Christ. No matter what job you're doing today, whatever you're engaged upon, that's secondary, my friend. Our ultimate calling in life and the responsibility that we must accomplish while we still have a chance to on this side of heaven, while we are still here breathing in this air on earth. Our job is as ambassadors of Christ. And what do ambassadors do? We appeal. In fact, God appeals through us. It says God is appealing through us. We, we appeal and we plead. We plead on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us. That's a gospel. So that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Come home. Come home. How, how do people come home? What's the criterion? You know what's the criterion? We preach the same message as Paul preached. Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe and you will be saved. Friends, my, my, my beloved brothers and sisters, 
consider this. We have such a wonderful privilege to go out to the world, the world of people dying from the SIN virus. And our job is to tell them, we know the cure. It's the blood of Jesus. The redemptive work of Christ is the answer and you can be free. Can I invite you to stand? I know a message like this it needs the Holy Spirit it really needs the Holy Spirit to put it on our heart man's eloquence cannot create a holy burden I've done this enough long enough to know that unless the Holy Spirit communicates we receive nothing Today, I've done my best in wanting to relay something to you, something that I really feel is on the heart of God in this season to tell us as a church family. And I've done my part. And I'm reminding you, you're an ambassador of Christ. And God has given you a ministry. That is your true purpose of life right now. That is your true meaning of existence right now. Really. Every one of us has been given the same ministry, but we express it in different ways, in different sectors of, 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 of the civilization, you know, in different arenas God has placed us in. But we really have the same calling and we need to be true to it. God has a very specific ministry He has given us. In Chinese scripture, it says that He has bestowed upon us. It's a privilege. This ministry is a privilege that the King of Kings say, I want to use you. And He places ministry on you. And He gave us, the Bible says, He committed to us a very specific message. It's called the message of reconciliation. And I just want to ask of us, are you as committed to what God has committed to you? Have you lived true to this commitment? Unfortunately, I do know many, many Christians do not live life with the consciousness of this commitment. And today, my instruction from God is to remind us this is the reason for our existence on this side of heaven. While we still have a chance, while we still can tell another person, every opportunity must be grasped. It may be while you're sitting in the taxi, it may be while you're picking up your fruit at the a, at a, at a market and God just touch you about the person next to you picking the apples. You know what? The opportunities every day, every day, every day, every day. But some of us have grown so dull, so dull to this highest call that we have and to this greatest responsibility, to this most urgent task. We have grown so dull to it that it no longer features in our consciousness. And my job today is to remind you that God does want to express it through you. He said, would you lend me your body that I may plead with the world to come home? That is His cry. Would you lend me you to plead with my wayward children to be reunited? And I want you to just take a moment, close your eyes, and just in your own way, talk to the Father. Just respond to Him. 
what will you do with this cry that He has expressed to you today? I've done it to the best of my ability, but I know the rest is the work of the Holy Spirit and it's your response to Him. Would you just talk to Him in your own words? Just tell Him how you want to respond to Him. He said, let me use you. Would you? Would you plead on my behalf for sinners to come home, for my children to return? Would you allow me to plead through you? I've done it all. I paid the price. Would you just tell it? Would you just relay this to the people around you? Father, today we, we rediscover our meaning of life. The only task we can do on this side of heaven that we can no longer do when we go home to be with you there. The most urgent mission. They've entrusted each one of us and we pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you will make the message applicable in, in every one of our life. And that every day, our eyes will be open to see what you want us to see. Our hearts will be open to feel what you want us to feel. That we might be your very expression in our neighborhood, in our workplace, everywhere that we go, in the school, at the office. Lord, everywhere, everywhere. Lord, would you give us a whole new sensitivity to you, a tenderness in our heart to respond to you, to allow you to plead through us with people that must come to be reconciled with you. So Lord, we ask that you give us a whole new consciousness and you grant us the grace to be willing to obey, to be willing to yield to your Holy Spirit when you do want to extend your, your, your royal invitation through us for your, for your children to come back to the King. Would you use us, we pray. Give us a whole new burden for souls. A whole new compassion and passion, Lord, for the gospel to be communicated in every way that we know how to in our daily lives. For the sole purpose that someone else can come to know you through our lives. Would you give us a whole new awareness, sense of urgency, a whole new commitment to this cause, to this one cause, that we're still here on earth for. Thank you, Lord. This is something that only you can do. Come. In Jesus' name. Come, let's worship. You have been listening to a Petra Church recording. We hope that you have been blessed. For more information and resources, visit us at petra.sg.